One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Today on the show, we're going to be breaking down this week's episode of Vanderpump Rules, which had me livid. Obviously, there's been so much that has happened since I last recorded Everything Iconic back on last Saturday, and there's been so much news trickling out. It's been so upsetting. Tom Sandoval issued two apologies, although the first one wasn't even to Ariana. It was to, I guess, Schwartz and his businesses? Like, what the fuck was that about? Because he posted a notes apology back on Saturday night. And it didn't even say her name one fucking time in that notes apology. And then he finally issued another one, what, I guess Tuesday night, he issued something else. Raquel finally issued a notes apology, but too little, too late, in the words of JoJo. And I'm also hearing reports that he won't get out of the house. Get out right now. He needs to get out right now, doing sitting in that Valley Village house while she's there. He should be giving over over the keys and signing over the deed, because there's no reason that man... That man should not be in the house. I mean, the things that this man has put this woman through. And we didn't talk about a lot of this. We didn't talk about the lightning bolt necklaces, which happened. It was revealed after I recorded the last episode. But apparently, Rachel and Tom, that man, they both had these lightning bolt necklaces, allegedly, that they were wearing to signal to each other that they were in love or something. And there's been all these sorts of different reports of whether or not they're going to continue a relationship or whether they're going to break up. And they're all trying to figure out with their PR teams, like, what's the best move? And should we be together? Should we not? Raquel's uh, issued Shishi a restraining order. Like, what is that? Shishi's now got to flee the country or something because she's... Uh... I'm disgusted. So much going on. And then speaking of the businesses, Schwartz and Sandy's, Greg, the guy who I thought was a demon, but turns out he's the only uh, good man involved in Schwartz and Sandy's, he has been apologizing to people on uh, social media saying it's not his fault. It's not... Uh, there's so many other people that work there. And look, I get it. This is a business. And I'm not one of these people that thinks you need to go on Yelp and write bad reviews and all that kind of stuff. I don't think that that's what uh, Vanderpump Rules people should be doing. However, if you name the bar Schwartz and Sandy's, it's uh, not anyone's fault if people suddenly don't like the bar because uh, the two men that are the face of the bar are being assholes. So don't put it on the audience. I mean, Greg, I understand you're in your middle of your own PR crisis with this whole restaurant bar situation that's in a strip mall next to a pet store. But that doesn't mean it's the audience's fault because the face of your company, the literal name of your company, and maybe if they would have listened to Katie Maloney and not named it Schwartz and Sandy's, they wouldn't have been in this mess. So Greg should have had the foresight. If you're getting in bed with these two who are getting in bed with every other person in the cast, then I think you should be aware and you should accept the fact that maybe that's a bad idea. And by the way, that's probably going to happen with Tom Tom. You don't name a restaurant after these two Toms and then not expect the audience to not want to go into the restaurant. Although I'm sure that these restaurants are thriving at the moment because if there's one thing a Bravo fan loves, it's mess. And so they're heading on into the Schwartz and Sandys and the Tom Toms. But I would just like us to all encourage, I would encourage you all, it would behoove all of us to instead head on over to Sir, go to the flagship, the mothership, because we can go there, we could get the goat cheese balls, have a good time without supporting these men. And so I'm not saying that we need to get on Yelp or any of that stuff. I get it. I don't want to do that either. And by the way, Tom Tom, I think they barely even own any of it. So I don't think that really matters either. But if you're in doubt and you're in West Hollywood, then head on over to a Sir Sexy Unique Restaurant. That's where it all began. And we are just giving money to Lisa, Ken, and the, them dogs and them animals at the house. So uh, fund the menagerie. We don't need to be funding Schwartz and Sandy's and the other one. So uh, look, that's going on. Greg's in the middle of his PR crisis. Now, it was also reported that Raquel, she hired a crisis PR. I think initially she hired Erica Jane's crisis PR, and then they got rid of her. She got rid of them. And she finally released a statement. Want me to read it here on air? I might get mad, you guys. I might get mad. And by the way, every time I read any of these things, anytime I've read any story for the past five days about this whole saga about Rachel and Tom, 
I read it, and no matter what the story says, I just sigh to myself and I say, what a bunch of assholes. Like, every, doesn't matter if they're contradictory stories. Doesn't matter if it's saying Tom's leaving the house or Tom's not leaving the house. No matter what it, the article says, I say, what a piece of shit. I say to myself, what a dumb shit. What an asshole. That's what I say out loud to myself. Doesn't matter what the article is. If it has his name or Rachel's name in the headline, that's what I'm saying to myself after I read it because I'm pissed. And as I'm watching this week's episode, I'm sure you all were doing the same, like shouting at the screen at all of these people because I'm so fucking pissed. Anyway, let me read uh, Rachel's statement. Let's see where she got it. Okay, I got to pull it up on my Instagram. She says, uh, I want to apologize for my actions and my choices to Ariana, my friends, and the fans so invested in our relationships. There is no excuse. I'm not a victim and must own my actions. I deeply regret her, Ariana. In the time since this come uh, came to light, I am reflecting on my choices, speaking to a counselor, and I'm learning things about myself, such as my patterns of codependency and addiction to being and feeling loved. I've sought emotional validation through intimate connections that are not healthy without regard for my own well-being, sometimes negatively affecting others and often prioritizing the intimate connection over my friendships. I'm taking steps to understand my behavior and make healthier choices. Although I chose to be on a reality show, accepting the good and the bad that comes with it. Beyond my own actions, I have been physically assaulted, lost friendships, received death threats, and hate emails in addition to having my privacy violated. I've begun counseling to end my unhealthy behavioral cycle, learn to set stronger emotional boundaries, and learn to protect my mental health. I don't expect sympathy, understanding, or forgiveness right now. I must focus on my own health and well-being, and as I strive to be a better person moving forward, I will prioritize my mental health and learn from my mistakes. So look, I'm glad she finally apologized. Like, I don't want to beat someone else up. I don't want to beat somebody up over this, and obviously I'm I'm very much more mad at Tom Sandoval, but I'm also very upset with Rachel. And so, look, she apologized. She's seemingly taking some ownership, although I do have to say... Go yourself, Raquel! I'm sorry, did I say that? No, I didn't. It was a soundbite. So, I just think that the PR she's doing, and she's they're both trying to salvage whatever they can, but it's all a bunch of bullshit. It's all a bag of bullshit, and I'm not falling for it. Okay, because you don't do these kind of things. It's a fucked up thing to do. Six months, seven months, however long that affair was, wearing the lightning bolt necklaces and throw in your relationship with that man in front of your friend, Ariana, while it's happening. I mean, it's just sick, disgusting behavior. And so, look, I'm glad you apologize. I hope you grow and learn from your mistakes, blah, blah, blah. But you can't do that kind of shit. And of course, people are upset because I don't know about you all, but I feel like we're all reading this information, getting this information, and we're putting ourselves in these people's shoes, right? That's what empathetic people do. And you think, how, what would, how would I react if my significant other is parading a relationship around in front of me and hiding it while they're doing it? While Ariana's allegedly in the house, they're having sex and then wearing these lightning bolt necklaces. I don't know why I'm so focused on that lightning bolt necklace, but I am pissed about the lightning bolt necklace. I mean, I can't even... In the words of Brittany, fuck off Sandoval. I mean, wearing them necklaces and then she's at every show and she's in interviews the day before this all comes out talking about what a good friend Ariana, how she welcomed her into the group and all that other bullshit it's just a bunch of gross bullshit. Just a bunch of gross bullshit. And now Tom won't even get out of the house. How about you get the fuck out? How about you get the fuck out of that house and go find some other, go back to apartment, go live with Schwartz because Schwartz. Meanwhile, the first apology that Tom Sandoval put out was again for Schwartz, not even for Ariana. He was just like, Oh, I'm sorry. Don't take this out on Schwartz. And I'm thinking, why is he your priority? Come on, Ariana should have been the priority in that very first apology. That's why I think it's all a bag of bullshit, because the PR spin and not understanding uh, the fact that you should have just owned up. And both of them should have just come out and said, I'm sorry. I always think that's the best apology. Obviously, the audience, the fans, everyone's going to be picking apart these public apologies, no matter who it is. If it's someone from Vanderpump Rules Universe, someone from The Bachelor World, wherever, they're going to be picking it apart. And so the fact that uh, the fact is, you should just come out and say, I'm sorry, I fucked up, I screwed up, I'm sorry to this person, that person, that person. Keep it real simple, bare bones, and I'm sure we'd still find issue with it. However, I think that's the better way to go than giving these sort of uh, veiled excuses the way that they both did in their apologies and like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm getting these, and I don't know, you guys, I'm so... I've got so many thoughts about this, but did you see in People Magazine they've been reporting on this? And I don't know if you caught this, but they started changing his his uh, his age because maybe or maybe not, 
I, on the last episode of Everything Iconic, alluded to the fact that maybe he's not the age that he's saying he was. And so now, if you notice that the new People magazine started changing his age, because, you know, that's what I have to add to this discourse. (laughs) That's the... Oh, it made me laugh. But, you know, I'm pissed. Okay, so what else? Did we miss anything else? Ariana was photographed paparazzi at McDonald's. She had the McDonald's, and she was flicking off the paps, because why are they following her? In the the weekend that this all was happening, they're following her. And now they're filming everything. There's all these reports about this extra two weeks of filming. Kristen Doty potentially being back. I said last week, maybe they need a mic up Doty, and I, I'm not sure that that's the answer, but I kind of want that to happen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, and then it's also being reported that Rachel ended up leaving. She was uh, went home to visit some family, so she's no longer filming potentially. And then Tom Sandoval, he that man, he's pissed about filming the scene that he did with Rachel, and so he didn't like the way that it went apparently. And so he told production, "I'm not gonna." He wanted to refilm it, and production said, "No, this is all reported." But that uh, he decided if they're not going to refilm the scene he did with Rachel, then he's going to leave. I mean, it's all. Batshit insane. It's all batshit insane. And we haven't heard from half the cast yet. I mean, we still haven't heard uh, Tom Schwartz. Like, what does he think of all of this? And I don't know if he knew about all of this or if he had any inclination or if he found out a few days before the rest of us found out. But still, I think he needs to come out and apologize for. I mean, he's got a lot to apologize for. First on that list should be them open-toed shoes that he's wearing in every scene, because I've been re-watching the series, and he's never got a closed-toed shoe. He's always got them hooves out. I don't need to see his his dirty little grippers all over my screen. And so I know he's got other things to answer for, but that's number one on my list, because every time I see that man on the rewatch, he's going to fancy business meetings, and he's not wearing a closed-toed shoe. And that should have been our first red flag. I'm sorry. I'm sorry not to focus on Schwartz of it all, because we're focused on that other man. But for just a couple minutes, I need to focus on the fact that that man, Schwartz, had a lot of red flags. And I think some of us had maybe ignored them. And Katie Maloney, she was married to that other man. And then now we see on this show, I was so happy to see Terry, Katie's mom, who I love, Terry Maloney. Queen, icon, legend, Terry Maloney. I love that she was giving Raquel the business at that table in Vegas. Because she, don't fuck with Terry. Do not fuck with Terry Maloney. And I'm sure Terry Maloney, if she uh, sits down with Rachel again in Vegas, she's not going to be happy with her because I know Terry Maloney's not. Katie's mom, Terry, is not going to have good things to say to that woman. Uh, but Tom Schwartz, I do want to just focus. He had a lot of red flags and he gets away with it all because he's kind of like smiling through everything. He's so coy. Like, I described him as kind of like Carrie Bradshaw asks because if you watch Sex in the City, Carrie Bradshaw's like, oh, oh my God. Oh, and I, like she's always coquettish and like whatever. And I feel like Tom, San- or Tom Schwartz gets away with it because he's so coquettish and he's like, oh my God. Oh, oh. And so he gets away with all this bullshit. But now I don't think he's going to be getting away with all this bullshit. I'm sorry to be swearing so much, but I am still very upset. Rotten Hill. And last uh, episode of the show, a lot of you described it as Danny was unhinged. That was something I had heard a lot in my DMs. And quite honestly, I'm going to be unhinged for the next couple of weeks. So buckle up, buttercup. Keep your hands and arms inside the ride and wear some closed-toed shoes. Do you hear me, Schwartz? Put some... Have some decency. You're a grown man. You shouldn't be wearing sandals everywhere, every place you go. And in business meetings, you can't go to your wedding. You can't even wear. I mean, on his wedding day, I don't know if you remember this, but he like bathed in the lake at that at that venue they did on a Wednesday. He was in the forest bathing in the lake before the. I mean, that was grounds for divorce right off the bat. If Katie saw that episode, she should have said, "Guess what? I'm calling the divorce lawyer. Get the lawyer on the line." Because there's no way you can go through a marriage with a man like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say bathing in the lake, not wearing closed-toed shoes. Those are all red flags. And ladies, you need to be out there looking. Keep your eyes open for these things. Because I'm not saying that every man's going to be like this. But I'm just saying we need to keep our eyes peeled for these red flags. And Sandoval, too. I'm I'm just as surprised by anyone because I feel like I'm looking at uh, him through a new lens. And I'm like, wow, I missed all these red flags like a big fucking idiot. And I, so anyway... What, did I say everything that, did I, oh, I didn't read Tom Sandoval's, that man's uh, last apology. Should we read that on air and drag it? Let's do it. Because we've read that other woman's. Go yourself, Raquel. Okay, let's, let's read Tom, um, that man's, uh, that man's apology. That's what we're referring to him. That man, he said, I want to first and foremost apologize to everyone I've hurt through this process. Most of all, I want to apologize to Ariana. I made mistakes, I was selfish, and made reckless decisions that hurt somebody I love. No one deserves to feel that pain so traumatically and publicly. Yeah, no no fucking shit, you dumb shit. 
Okay, so then he says, I can only imagine how devastating this has been for Ariana and everyone around us. I feel really horrible about that. My biggest regret is that I dishonored Ariana. I never meant to disappoint so many people, including our loving family and friends. My love for Ariana was stronger than any camera could have ever captured. Some of our best times together were never filmed. The same goes for some of the biggest struggles. Oh, so now he's trying to put out that they had all these struggles, trying to spin it like... Uh, about all these struggles. Then he says, I wish things happened in a different order and our relationship was not severely tarnished and that it ended with the same respect with, for her. You can't even, I mean, I was his ghostwriter and I know that he didn't write this, but there's still mistakes in this. He says, (laughs) there's still a lot of problems with this statement. He says, uh, with the same respect with, for her that it began with, I owed Ariana better. Couldn't somebody have proofread this? I mean, I know the PR person did it, and couldn't they have just run it through somebody who knows how to read and write? Just one person. Just <laughs> Then he says, I'm beyond sad that it ended the way it did. The choices I made hurt so many people. I acted in a way that clashes with who and how I want to be. I will continue to reflect and work on myself. I have work to do. I always have and always will. So I just don't like that he's saying, I, I don't like the line in this thing where he said some of our best times together were never filmed. The same goes for some of our biggest struggles. Because I just think that the truth is, I don't care what struggles you've been through. It's just not okay to do that. Like it's, it's a different layer level of shit for you, for you to do this. And then to say, oh, we've just been going through some stuff. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out. So now we got to go through it. We didn't even start the episode for this week. Did I get it all? I guess there's also been other reports from other cast members. Stassi was on her podcast talking about the situation. Jax and uh, Brittany, they're apparently going to be on Watch What Happens Live. That's been reported. Jax is tweeting. It was funny, though. Jax, like, I guess, tweeted, I'll see you soon, Watch What Happens Live. And then he deleted the tweet. And then he's like... I don't know why this made me laugh so hard. He tweeted, I'll see you soon, watch what happens live, then deleted it, and then he retweeted, he put another tweet up and said, like, Brittany and I will see you soon, watch what happens live, and it just was so funny, because we haven't seen that man in a couple years on our screens, and then, of course, the last times that we have seen him, he was doing all this crazy stuff, I mean, he put that woman, Brittany, through hell, hell, he put her through hell. And I went through a list a couple weeks ago on the show of the things that he put her through on air. And then to just finally like come out and now we're going to see him on Watch What Happens Live. But then he forgot his wife in the tweet. I don't know. It just like struck me. It struck me as funny. But so he's going to be on Watch What Happens Live. And uh, Jerry O'Connell was on Watch What Happens Live last night this week. Uh, he was wearing a Team Ariana t-shirt, which I love. Anyway, we gotta, um, we gotta break down this week's episode. And if you were anything like me, you were shouting at the screen. I felt so bad for she's dealing with her dog. And I know she went through a lot with the filming of this past season. And then there's an added layer. And I did, a lot of people are speculating, are they going to re-edit the episodes? And I think Stassi, I, I heard a clip of this on her podcast. She's like, of course they will re-edit the episodes, but it's not because they're, the reason that they'll re-edit is because the producers and the editors will now have better picture of the story that they were trying to tell. And so now they're going to be combing through footage and they're going to say, well, wait, did we hear any, was there any hot mic moments? Was there any signs that Tom and Rachel had a thing going into these episodes? So I think they'll re-edit it in those ways. But I don't think this episode that aired this week was re-edited because they send those screeners out a couple days beforehand, usually a day before, whatever. And so I don't believe that they did have time to re-edit the episode that aired this week. That's my take on it. I could be totally wrong, but I'm I'm pretty certain because it they send those out to press people a, a day or two in advance. And so I can't imagine they had the time if it was sent out to people on Monday or Tuesday uh, and this whole thing went down late last week. So going forward, I think they will. But so anyway, watching this week's episode was so was so hard knowing all this information and see Rachel in a scene picking out bathing suits with Ariana. Just like, what a fucking asshole. Go yourself, Raquel. How could she do that with a smile on her face? I mean, I just and then with Oliver Garcelle's son from the Real House of Beverly Hills, we see her in the club, which by the way, I do have to mention that that the club they were at in Vegas was empty. And they've been doing that a lot on Bravo. Uh, lately, I've noticed they've been filming at clubs. They did it on Miami Housewives, where they're filming in this empty ass club. And I know they're, 
they're not going to just fill it up with extras. And I think it's because of the music situation. Those kinds of clubs are so loud. And so I imagine it's really hard to get audio. And so they either have to like have them in an empty place where they could turn down the music or control it a little better or something. I've always heard that with reality TV weddings of like, it's not great because they can't play music all the time or can't play popular music. It makes it a nightmare for sound editing and all that stuff. So I think that's what it is. But it's so sad to me when I see Bravo celebrities at a at an empty club in the middle of the, it's what seems like the middle of the day. And it was like, they invited Oliver and his friends like, do you want to come to this club? And then like, what time are we at this club? It's so fucking empty. What was it called? Octopussy or something? Is that, what was it? <laughs> oh, that's a James Bond. It's a James Bond movie. Anyway, I'm getting, I'm getting all my stuff mixed up too, because I don't know about you all, but so much has been going on. I was talking to my sister-in-law, my uh, niece's birthday is coming up, and my sister-in-law, you guys, this is how my brain is so fucked up right now, because uh, my talking to my sister-in-law, and I'm like, what is my niece? I'm asking, what does she want for her birthday? Because her birthday's coming up. And my sister-in-law kept saying she's really into Bobby Brown stuff. <laughs> this is so silly. So she kept saying that, and I took it at face value, because my I'm just not firing on all cylinders at the moment. And so I'm then get off the phone with my sister-in-law and I'm like literally looking up Bobby Brown, like uh, Bobby Brown from uh, the singer. And that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, oh, my niece who's turning, I guess, 10 and she wants Bobby Brown merch. So I'm on Mr. Bobby Brown's website. Like, what can I get my niece? And I'm not even questioning. I'm not even like asking any questions. Then I come to find out, no, she was talking about Millie Bobby Brown. So I was wrong. And I was just thinking, like, what if I had purchased a bunch of Bobby Brown merch? Like, I don't know what I would have gotten, like, some new edition stuff or something. I don't know, but I something that said, like, it's my prerogative. Like, my niece Bella would have gotten a my prerogative t-shirt. And then she'd have been like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, well, your mom said you wanted Bobby Brown. But I just am not all there. And I didn't even know that Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things has a whole merch line that the kids want, the youths are interested in. And I saw then I'm looking at that up. I mean, this is a total aside, and I need guys turned in for tuned into this podcast for Vanderpump Rules stuff. But I didn't even know that Millie Bobby Brown, who's what, 18, 19 years old, she's got like a whole skincare line that the youths are obsessed with and all this stuff. And I'm like, what does a 19 year old need to do a whole skincare routine? Does it, I mean, when I was 19 years old, I put like a Persa gel it was a clean and clear Persa gel. I put it all over my face and that was my skincare routine. And I guess skincare is good. And I know people do it on social media, TikTok. It's a big thing. But I was just like a 19-year-old. And then my uh, 10-year-old niece, like, what does she need to do skincare for? When you're 10 years old, you don't got to do nothing. You walk out of the house and you're good as gold. And so the fact that Millie Bobby Brown, I'm sorry to have to blow the lid off this, but I don't know that Millie Bobby Brown isn't taking advantage of our nation's youth by selling skincare to 10-year-old girls. Because that doesn't seem right. A 10-year-old girl doesn't need Millie Bobby Browns. I'd rather her get the Bobby Brown merch. I, that's I prefer that because I feel like at least Bobby Brown's not taking advantage uh, of our nation's youth because Millie Bobby Brown, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I don't mean to just drag Millie Bobby Brown. That's not what this podcast is about because we love her. She's a queen. And, and no one's better. I mean, she's that, that girl's an actress. That young lady's an actress. I'm just saying, maybe we don't need to market skincare to 10-year-old girls. It seems misguided. I don't know, but maybe it's good product. So look, we're going to get it. I'll let you know. I'll have my niece come on here for a review, <laughs> for a review but I'm blowing the lid off Millie Bobby Brown. Okay. So this week, let's get to this. So we open Sheena and Brock. They're vlogging. Sheena also released a vlog this week. She's putting it up on the YouTube and it was like everything from before the Watch What Happens Live appearance. And we don't even know exactly what happened, but what we do know is that uh, Rachel filed a restraining order over in Van Nuys, California. And so now people are speculating that she did it so that it could be a way out of the reunion or at the very least so that she, she doesn't have to be at the reunion. <sighs> and I need them all there. I need all hands on deck. I need a uh, she, she mic'd up. I need Vale mic'd up. I need Laura Lee in the building. I need everyone there. I need all them dogs, I, all them, the menagerie of the animals at uh, Villa Rosa. I need them all mic'd up. Every All hands on deck. Peter better be in there. I don't know who else. Any of the servers, busters, anyone that's been in them opening credits. Uh, I don't care if we got to bring a taxidermied version of Jiggy. We need to get him on set. Put him in front of the red light because I need everyone there. All hands on deck. And so I'm, I can't believe the fact that we might not get Shishi who started this show. 
she started this show with her infidelity. And so the fact is, she's the real star of this, she, she. And I was mad at her previously this season, but now I'm totally on board with she, she, because I just am. And so the idea that we might not get her at the uh, reunion, it's just, it's not okay. It's disgusting. It's not okay. It's not okay. Uh, okay, so she's vlogging and she's doing a rock climbing wall. And then we see Charlie and Katie at Runyon Canyon. I'm loving Charlie. And I don't think we went through what happened with Charlie on social media, but she got in a little fight with Rachel's sister. And she, oh my God, the tweet. You got to find the tweet. I don't have it in front of me, but Charlie and the sister were in a little fight on social media. Oh, you guys, I love Charlie. I really do. And I like Charlie and Katie together. I'm like, this is an interesting duo. Like, what's going on here? What's the what's happening? Then we cut to Ariana and Raquel. This scene was really firing me up. Raquel says that she feels bad about Katie. She feels bad about making out with Schwartz. And I'm like, come on, Rachel. You're feeling bad and you're telling Ariana that you feel bad about making out with Schwartz. Oh, oh. Go yourself, Raquel. I mean, come on. So gross. So gross. And she says Katie's got a good poker face. And I'm thinking, you're the one with the poker face. P-p-p-poker face, in the words of Lady Gaga. Because you're the one sitting here talking to Ariana in this scene and talking about how you feel bad about Katie and making it with shorts or wanting to make out with shorts or whatever the fuck that was, that bullshit storyline was. And so you're saying Katie Maloney's got the poker face? You know who doesn't have a poker face is Katie Maloney. Because if there's one thing I know, it's when she's pissed at someone. In the 10 years or however many seasons this show's been on, I guarantee you I always know what Katie Maloney's thinking. There's no poker face there. And I think that's largely a reason why a lot of people don't like Katie Maloney's because when she's pissed at someone, whether it be her ex-husband who's never wearing a closed-toed shoe on his hooves or somebody else, you know it. Katie don't have no poker face. And then for Rachel to now turn around and say, oh, Katie Maloney's got such a good poker face. She, whatever. I'm like, "You're, you're a liar. You're a liar. You're a liar. And Katie Maloney has no poker face. Ten years, go back and rewatch. You know when she hates James, when she hates the clothes, their open-toed shoe man, uh, shoeless shorts. She, you know when she's pissed. And so then for her to say that, I don't know why that little comment just made me so mad. Anyway, Katie's not going to Shishi's wedding. And Katie does say Shishi's an effing B. And look, I, these two, they're going to make up. They don't like each other, Katie and Sheena, but they're going to make up because an enemy of their enemy is a friend. And so... It's going to bring the two of them together. But Katie's been giving Raquel these chances, and Katie's excited to invite her to this Vegas trip that they're doing for a gal's trip. Then we see LVP. Oh, my God, LVP. The scene with the grandson, Teddy, was so cute. It was so cute, Teddy. It did scare me a little bit. I don't know. When you saw the name LVP, and then it said the name Teddy on the screen, I thought... That's not going to end well, because last time I saw an LVP and a Teddy together, whoo, because a lot's happening. And I've been recently coming around and loving LVP again. And so the idea that she was maybe in a scene with Teddy all in Mellencamp, I thought, this is going to be fireworks. I'm not sure I had the emotional capacity to deal with that. But it turns out Teddy is the name of her grandson, who was adorable and was crawling. And I couldn't understand who was moving quicker in the scene, if it was the baby or Ken, because they both move at a pretty slow pace. Teddy was crawling on the floor. And Ken looked like he was about to start crawling on the floor because, again, I and this is justice for Ken because I don't think he wants to be filming this TV show. So when he's sitting back in a scene, I'm thinking, get Ken out of there. He don't want to be on camera. And yet we're miking him up. And let's save that for the reunion. We do need Ken at the reunion because I want to know what Ken Tan has to say about all this. Somebody tweeted, they were like, Ken doesn't know. <laughs> they said, Ken's probably asking Lisa as this is all unfolding, like who Raquel is because he don't know. He don't know. Uh, anyway, he don't want to be in the scene. And so I wish they would stop that. But I love LVP as a grandmother. It's so cute. Greg now, they're talking about like buying him out of the Schwartz and Sandys. And I guess it's like two hundred to 300000 to buy Greg out. And LVP doesn't want involvement, but wants to help. So I thought she was going to get on board with this whole thing and somehow weasel her way into Schwartz and Sandys. But it seems like that's not going to be the case now. And I bet she's so thrilled. I bet she's so thrilled. She needs to invest in that sandwich shop. Again, get her a footlong. Because I need her to put the down payment on that. That's what we need help with, LVP. So get on board, because we're all heading to that sandwich shop. We're going to head to that sandwich Something about her. Something about that sandwich shop. I'm going to go buy me a panini. Anyway, uh, then we cut to James, Allie, and the mom. You guys, we got to talk about this scene. Should we take our break first? Let's take a breather. 
Let's go. And we're going to come back. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Come to my live tour in April. Get tickets at everythingiconic.com. Get my book, How Do I Remember This? And we'll be right back. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listing, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back. I forgot to mention I want to thank Acast as well. But let's get into this scene between James Alley and the mom. James, Allie, and the mom. The mom's been sober for four years. James is no longer sober. And Allie says she doesn't like when he drinks. She first met James when he was sober, and that was her favorite thing about him. And then she says a month later, he started drinking. He was in Vegas. And then she questioned. She said, did I even know him sober? And I want the best for these two. But the one thing that's troubling to me is they talked about Rachel. And Jackie, she shaved. Jackie is the mom, right? Is, Is it Jackie or Jacqueline? I don't know why I'm saying Jackie. I wrote down Jackie in my notes, but it might have been Jacqueline. Anyway, Jackie is shading Raquel in the scene. She says uh, the way that James met her was not organic, and she keeps saying Allie met organically. And then we come to find out, actually, Allie met James kind of in a similar way. Like, they were sort of fans of the show. Or Allie says that her friend brought her to this, dragged her to the James Kennedy show, and that's how they met it's all very troubling. It's all very, it's very troubling. All of it. I mean, the fact that these people are meeting to try to get on the show and every single time it doesn't work out. So ladies, if you're out there and you want to get on Vanderpump Rules, so you decide to start hooking up with one of these fellas, let me tell you something. It don't work out well in the end. So don't do it. Do not do it. It happened too many times on the show. You can look back in the history of this 10 years and there's always someone trying to get on the show by sleeping with one of the cast members. And yeah, maybe get some on the show, but it's like a deal with the devil. I don't know that it's something you want long term. So just run away, run away. Okay. So then, uh, Jackie keeps saying though, you met organically. You met organically. And every time she said that, they would just show James's face and he's like, uh oh. He's like, yeah. Jackie don't know how we actually met. Anyway, but I am rooting for Allie and James. And I, I do want, the, you know, we want the best for them, I, I guess. We want the best. Then we cut to Schwartz and Sandy's. LVP and Ken sit down with the Toms. And Sandoval was in that stupid-looking hat. Stupid-looking hat! Okay, so then LVP and Ken, they offer $50,000 back from TomTom, which is what the Toms invested in TomTom. And they said, we'll give it back to you, and then you could pay us back within a year. And Tom Sandoval says it's unfair. Just whatever. I don't know. It's just so focused on that stupid-looking hat. Stupid-looking hat! Then we see Tom and Ariana's, and they're with uh, Maya, one of their dogs, and they have Charlotte, one of their dogs, and oh, this just broke my heart. Because... Charlotte was not doing well. Charlotte was not okay, had to be on some prescription meds. And obviously, Ariana loves that dog more than anything, because it's an angel dog. And then she's going out of town with the gals, and she says, hey, Tom, can you pick up Charlotte's prescription? And then Tom couldn't even do that. He's like, well, can't we just have it delivered, or can we go get it? He's giving up all these excuses. I'm like, just go get the effing prescription. I was like, shout, I've never been more livid shouting at the screen. I'm like, you'll go pick up that effing dog prescription, if you know what's good for you. Because this disgusting. You can't even pick up the dog's medication. It's your dog, too. Ugh. Anyway, that was making me mad. And then we see Katie and Christina Kelly prepping for Vegas. Christina Kelly's actually the only one who's on to Rachel. She's pissed at Rachel. She said in her confessional, she... I was sort of standing Christina Kelly at this week. I didn't, wasn't expecting it. It, was, it took me by surprise. Because I wasn't expecting like Christina Kelly. I thought, what is she even doing here? And then now she's on in the confessional saying, why isn't uh, anyone seeing through Raquel's little... Bambi-eyed act. 
And so I'm like, Christina Kelly, I guess you're my new North Star in this show because she's uh, seeing things that I'm not even seeing. And so I'm really, really into that. Then we see Raquel's apartment. She Lala shows up and Lala tried to connect with Rachel about this treehouse because I guess Rachel's calling her apartment a treehouse or, some, or something. And then Lala says she's always been fighting with Randall and we just never saw it. I'm really into Lala this season. And that was also unexpected because just not, uh, not something I expected. And then uh, they're talking about Vegas and finding men there. And Rachel says, hopefully there's enough men to go around because it's slim pickings. Everything that that woman and that man say now, I'm just reading way too much into it. I'm getting so upset every time they speak. No matter what they said, I'd be upset. But the fact that she says there's it's slim pickings for men, it's like, well, that don't mean you go and pick men who are taken. I mean, come on. Come on. I'm mad at all of them. And then Lala reveals she hasn't had sex since Ocean. And I don't know. I feel bad. But I don't, uh, what happens next? They go to the Burbank airport. <laughs> I'm trying to read through these notes. And I'm all worked up. I don't know why. I didn't think I was going to be as unhinged this episode. And I feel like I'm even more unhinged recording this episode than I was in the last one. Anyway, they all arrive to a Paris hotel in Las Vegas, and LVP is on the key in uh, the Paris Vegas. And they've also stayed previously at Caesar's Palace because that's where the first Vanderpump Garden was. And now the new one's in Paris. And it was so funny when they arrived at their suite. They're like, oh my God, this suite is so beautiful. And it's like, yeah, of course, because LVP's got a restaurant in this hotel. Wouldn't it look so bad on uh, Las Vegas, Paris, if they just stayed at some shithole room or something? Like, <laughs> If the Paris put them up in some shithole when LVP's got a restaurant there and they're getting all this free promo from the show. So yeah, of course they were. But uh, LVP was putting jewels on these dog statues. This made me laugh so hard because she's in the Vanderpump Garden in Paris. And there are these little dog statues. Little, I, I don't know what you call them. Clay figurines of dogs. And she's putting jewels on them. And then she reveals that people in Vegas have been stealing the jewels off of these dog statues, which is a sentence I never thought I'd say, but here I am. Because I can't imagine, I know when you're drunk in Vegas, you do stupid shit, what they say. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But the idea that you're at Vanderpump Gardens and you're just stealing costume jewelry off of the clay dogs that sit there, it's like the most wild thing. (laughs) And if you're somebody out there who's done that, I mean, you want a souvenir, right? Like you go to these places, especially these Bravo locales, and you're like, I need to go home with a souvenir. You know, so you buy a shot glass, a t-shirt, whatever. Hell, when I was younger, that's my favorite thing about going on vacation, like being in a Planet Hollywood or a Hard Rock Cafe or something. You want one of the t-shirts to say it. And then you'd go to school the next week and you'd be wearing like the Hard Rock Cafe. So it'd say like, Hard Rock Cafe, Myrtle Beach. And then, <laughs> and you'd be bragging to all your friends like, yeah, well, I was on vacation last week, you know. And so I got this Hard Rock Cafe shirt, the sweatshirt, and then you wear it too much. And somebody's like, why do you keep wearing that? And you're like, oh, well, I was just trying to show it off. But so I get that. Uh, but maybe just buy the merch at the bar or in the casino or something, or take the room key home. You could do that's a great souvenir too. It says LVP, Paris Garden, whatever on the room key. So I just want to encourage us all to do that instead of stealing the costume jewelry off them dog statues, because it seems like that's uh, uh, stepping over the line. And I know there's more egregious things people have done in this uh, season of Vanderpump Rules, but that's on the list. Okay, so then what else happens? They bring a Tom Schwartz pinata. They need to bring a Tom. They need to bring pinatas of all the men for these ladies to hit. Then we see James and Allie getting pedicures. I don't know if my screen was off, but it looked like James had massive feet. Like I don't. I, it just looked something about it. It was like the the. I don't know. It was off to me, and it just looked like he had massive clown feet. And good for him if he did, because that's what I was seeing. I couldn't tell if it was the angle or the camera you, they use. Nowadays they use all these fancy camera tricks. And I don't know if you've heard this, but even people like Jane Fondance, if they got different camera lenses that are used, so they're basically filtered. And now with AI, you go online, you can. There's all these AIs. Just you can find artists singing other artists' songs that are all done by AI. And look, I'm no expert in AI, but I do feel like James's feet were AI. I, that's my gut feeling because it was just a little off. And good for him if they were that big. You know, I know what that means. That's why he's attracting these ladies. But. I think that there might have been something off. Maybe it was AI. And who knows? Maybe see more AI here on Vanderpump Rules. If the full cast isn't ready to film next season, they might have to bring in AI versions of the people. And I'm okay with that. Whatever gets the storyline out there. If some of these people don't want to film, if she, she can't be at the reunion in person, then we need to get the AI version because there's no restraining order against an AI Sheena. So if that's what it comes to, 
so be it. Andy, hear me? You got to get someone on the line. Get an AI, a hologram, whatever of Sheena. If she's not allowed to be in that room with Rachel, then we do the next best thing, which is a hologram AI. And that's fine with me. So, okay. Um, in Vegas, Ariana's got to leave because Charlotte's not doing well. She's got to go to the vet. And I felt so bad. Oh, I felt so bad. She loves that dog. And then Tom picked her up at the airport and he was like, oh, are we going home first? She's like, no, we're going to the fucking vet. You dumb shit. I mean, <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm getting so mad. Am I being too mean? I don't want to be mean. Again, I say, I want this this show to be a fun, let's have some laughs. Let's ha ha he he. But I'm just, I'm getting worked up watching this show. Then we have Oliver, which I we sort of talked about, but he's married but separated and it's almost like Rachel thinks the only way she's going to be on TV is by having sex with different people in casts. And probably largely that's because of the personality. Because if you have a personality, you don't need to be screwing people around TV. And it doesn't need uh, a good, mean you need a good personality. But she maybe just doesn't have any personality. And so it's like, well, she's just looking around and like, who's mic'd up? I'll make out with them. And it's like, that's not the way to be on television. I mean, I know this industry is tough. But maybe you just find some other outlet, maybe some other way in, or maybe the television arts isn't for you. Maybe you just are not someone who needs to be on a weekly TV series. But instead, she's just blowing up all these people's relationships and everyone's lives to be on TV. And then Terry shows up, and I wanted Terry to fuck them all up. I mean, I was just happy that Terry kind of put her in her place. And Raquel says, Sheena put the idea in her head about Tom Sandoval. And again, we're not even focusing on the Tom Sandoval of it all, or Tom Schwartz of it all. See, I'm mixing him up. I'm mixing him up, those two men. Okay, so Shoeless and Schwartz, uh, he gets away with all of this stuff. And apparently now they're mad at Sheena because she put the idea in Raquel's head. And it's like, oh, bullshit. LVP says, she sits down with them and she's like, Rachel, you need to take responsibility. Then they go to the Disco Pussy, which we talked about. Katie orders tequila, and I thought... That was not good, but I was actually kind of excited because I thought maybe she'll give Rachel the business after she gets a little tequila in her. Because we know Tequila Katie, again, no poker face because you got to lick a tequila in that woman. And guess what? She's going to let you have it. And I was so ready for it. And maybe it'll come next week. But I was ready for Tequila Katie to come out because Tequila Katie honestly needs to unleash on some of these people. And so going forward, I'm I'm on the pins and needles waiting for Tequila Katie to come out because I know if there's one person in this cast that's going to let everyone else have it, it's going to be Tequila Katie. And I can't wait for that moment. She's going to let it rip. She's going to let her, somebody order her some Casamigos or something, because I need to see that more than anything else. Just unleash Tequila Kayla, maybe for the reunion. Maybe that's what they need to do. Bravo, producers, if you're listening, I want you to prep the AI Sheena, which shouldn't be that hard anyway, because she's half AI as it is. And then I also want you to prep some tequila. Make sure you just have a, a slew of, maybe they do a tequila k- tasting. Remember in the Real Houses in New York when Bethany invited all the gals to Mexico and they did tequila tasting? Maybe we need to get Frankel on the line. All hands on deck. Get Skinny Girl in that reunion, uh, wherever they're going to be filming it. And let's get some tequila tasting lined up because that's going to be good for this reunion. Just get her liquored up on tequila. She'll let them all have it. Let them all have it. And then uh, Lala encourages Rachel to hook up with Oliver. She's like, whatever. Lala says if she wanted him, she would have had him. I don't know. Katie found a cute guy, though. I was excited about this cute man with the tattoos. Gives her the number. Did he have a hat on? Stupid looking hat. I don't recall. But uh, he, I found him cute. And that's the end of the episode. Next week, we got a guy's night, which is not something I want to go see. But uh, the episode ended, and we're all looking at it through new eyes. And uh, people are asking. A lot of people have been reaching out saying, I want to understand this whole thing, and I want to understand what's going on, and where do I start with Vanderpump Rules? You know, people reach out to me and ask me about this Bravo stuff and how they can get caught up. And people are saying, well, I want to start the show. Do I start from the beginning? And yes, you start from the beginning. You always start from the beginning especially a show like this, which was great in season one, and then season two, one of the best reality TV seasons ever. But season one is still really great. And so if you've never watched, A, welcome. But B, yes, you start from the beginning. And anyone out there, if you have friends reaching out to you during this crisis, during this time of crisis, you tell them you start from the beginning. You start from episode one. Actually, if you can, you start from that spinoff of the real, you go to the Real Houses of Beverly Hills, it's on Peacock. You go to Peacock and you find that crossover episode, which we, I should have looked up uh, what episode that was, but it leads into Vanderpump Rules. So I don't know exactly on Peacock, you're going to have to look and do some research. And I didn't say it was easy. You're going to have to get your pen and paper, get a notepad out and figure it out. Get your Google search ready. And you you set aside some time in your day during your lunch hour or something. You go on Google, 
say, where do I start from Vanderpump Rules? Where's the crossover episode from The Real Houses of Beverly Hills? And look, it might take you a couple minutes. I, I never said it was easy, but you got to figure it out and you got to watch that one episode that was on The Real Houses of Beverly Hills that leads into Vanderpump Rules. And even then look on the, the other spin-offs, maybe look on Summer House. If you've never watched Summer House, then see, well, when was there a crossover? Because there have been times where Katie and uh, Shoeless... Shoeless Schwartz head on over to the summer house in the Hamptons. So then you need to watch that episode. You need to just do your research, do your due diligence. So uh, people have been asking, where do I start? That's where you start. You figure it out. You do your research. Okay, so that's the end of the Vanderpump Rules. Shall we get into the New Jersey stuff? It seems a little stale, New Jersey, just because so much is going on in Vanderpump Rules. But uh, I'm enjoying it. That's not to say I'm not enjoying it. But let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk Jersey. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. It's Jersey time. Let's go prostitution whores. Prostitution whores. Okay, I'm loving these new gals. I'm loving Danielle. I'm loving Rachel. I'm loving the other one. They're just bringing a freshness to it. Danielle with all that pink stuff. She's got early season Real Houses New Jersey vibes. She seems happy. She seems fun. She's lighthearted. And I'm just really, especially Danielle, but, but all of them. Rachel, too. I'm loving Rachel. And Danielle's doing, the one thing I'm concerned about with Danielle, This is I'll say this quickly, is the megaphone situation that she had. I worry about that because these these gals tend to lean too far into prop comedy. I mean, Marisol over on The Real Houses of Miami, she's doing more prop comedy than a Carrot Top show. Because she's just got, she's got her tumblers. We see her with the megaphone. We see her on the reunions bringing all these props. And it's too much. It's like exhausting to me. And I don't understand how no one's taking them props away from Marisol. Sorry to talk about Miami for a minute, but somebody needs to just say, you're not allowed to have them on set. It's too many props. And not on the confessionals either. And she's always got the khaki and she's always pouring. And so when I see Danielle with the megaphone, I think... Uh-oh, uh-oh. But she is having a party for the daughter. Is it Valentina? Did I say that right? I don't know if I wrote down the daughter's name, but she's having a party. Her kids are giving me very young Ross and Monica vibes because Danielle was sitting there filming them and she's like, okay, you got to learn your routine. Remember that episode of Friends where they do the routine? And Danielle was sitting there like a stage mom. She's like, five, six, seven, eight. And like... <laughs> These poor kids. I was like, that little girl is what, five, six years old or something? I forget how old she is. But they, she was making them learn this like dance. And I was just thinking, this is like a, a prequel to that episode of Friends where they know the routine. And so five, six, seven, eight. And I was like, this is, this is nuts. And I love it. Then we see Rachel with her kids. Is, are her kids, did I mishear this? Is it Gialana and then Juliana? Are they, I mean, what is it? <laughs> Were they 
Did she have kids and name them the same thing, roughly? I don't know if I heard that wrong. I probably heard that wrong. I must have heard that wrong, right? But I was, I don't know. I don't know. I My head's all a mess, so I'm sure I get a lot of this stuff wrong this week, so forgive me. But uh, Rachel says uh, she has a little flashback to Jersey Shore, and we got to see her. Her stepson wants to party on the boardwalk, and he's only 15. And she's like, you're too young for that. And then we see some flashbacks to her at the Jersey Shore. And what was interesting to me about the flashbacks is it looked like like, I think I'm similar age to this Rachel woman. She might even be younger, which is upsetting and not something I want to discuss. But she uh, had these flashbacks, and I was like, that looks like it was too recent. Does that make sense? Because usually when they show Teresa flashbacks or Melissa flashbacks of them at the shore, I'm like, oh, that's a different era, right? Like, that's the 90s. That's the 80s, 90s, whatever. And so when I see flashbacks of Rachel at the Jersey Shore, it was just frightening to me. Because she looked like it was three years ago. And I'm like, what is going on? Anyway, the grandma and the dad come over and the mom. And she talks about the grandma. She says, the grandma don't give a shit. And honestly, if you're that age, you shouldn't give any shits. Give zero shits. Because and you make it to past, I don't know, past 50, 60, 70, 80. You just give, get rid of all your shits. Get rid of all your shits. Rachel's got a younger brother, too. He's cute. They were eating these barbecue burgers. I love grilled food. Oh, I love barbecue food. Then we see Melissa and Antonia. They're driving. I want Antonia's opinion. And I keep saying this, but like, I need a little more from Antonia because we get so much from Gia and Melania and we get those great confessionals from them. And I actually side with Melissa in the idea of keeping the, the daughters out of this whole thing. And I think she's right in her instinct as a mother is right to do that, to keep the daughters out. With all that said, though, I do want to know, Antonia, what does she think of all this? What does she think of Teresa? Because we're getting the daughters on the other side. We're getting their opinions. And so I don't know why they're not miking up Antonia and really sitting her down in a professional chair. And I don't care if we got to do a one-on-one. Like, let's get her on Watch What Happens Live with Andy. One-on-one. We don't even need another guest. No bartenders. You know how Watch What Happens Live sometimes does those serious episodes where it's like... (laughs) like a, the one-on-one and they do like different lighting and it's just, there's no bartender. It's real serious, like Frost Nixon style. Let's do that. But instead let's make it like Cohen Gorga, but instead of Joe and Melissa, like it's Cohen and Antonia. And I don't even care from this. I don't want to hear from the sons. They don't have anything interesting to say, you know, cause young boys, they're just not like caught up with the daily drama. So they're not going to be having anything interesting to say about Teresa or the whole situation between the parents. But the daughters do. And so Antonia is the first person that I'm going to need mic'd up for the Jersey reunion. Let's finally get her on stage. And Jersey has a history. We, of course, brought Lauren Manzo out in one of the early Jersey reunions. Like, we can, these uh, daughters are getting a little older. And I guess Antonia is still not even 18. So maybe it's inappropriate of me to say. And again, I do think that Melissa is right to shield her daughters from this. But I need it. I need it. That's what I need. And then uh, I was happy, though. She's learning to drive or whatever. I, she The thing, though, that with Melissa, though, she says she wants to keep the kids out of it because family is so important. And my worry, though, is that, or not my worry, my question, though, is like, well, then, if family is of the utmost importance, then when this whole feud started years and years and years ago, because you guys joined this TV show, you should have gotten off the TV show. That's what I said last week on the show. It's like, well, if family is the utmost important, one of you had to have, should have left the show. And because Teresa did join the show first, it should, and it's her show, then it, sh- it kind of should have been Melissa and Joe. I'm sorry. And it's, it's just the root of the issue, I think. Then we see Teresa wedding dress shopping. And the thing that I really want to discuss for at least 45 minutes, pull over if you're driving, is the fact that her first wedding, this was shocking, shocking. Teresa's first wedding was Shakespeare in love theme. Now, why this is so shocking to me is because Teresa doesn't seem like the type to me, and I don't mean this as any sort of shade, because I do actually think that Shakespeare in Love, although I think it may be one best picture and it was critically lauded at the time, I don't think of it as like one of those movies that the masses really saw. And I think even box office-wise, it did pretty well. So, But in my head, I've categorized it as like an obscure critical darling that's not something the masses have consumed, right? Like when you see movies, even the Oscars are coming up this weekend. It's like you got all these movies for best picture. And it's like majority of people have seen Top Gun, have seen the Avatar 2. Although Avatar 2 made all that money, and I still have not talked to one person who saw it. Anyway, but a lot of people were watching them 
those blue creatures in the water. And so the masses have seen that. But then when you look at some of the other movies, it's like, when I talk to my parents, like they don't know who the fuck the Fablemans are or Triangle of Sadness. Like they don't know those movies. And so when I categorize Shakespeare in Love, to me, it's in that, that zone of like Triangle of Sadness. Or I'm not saying these movies aren't good. I'm just saying that the majority of masses, I don't picture seeing this. So Shakespeare in Love, it's just the idea of Teresa not only seeing it, but then loving it so much that she decides to theme her wedding around this uh, film was just something that I couldn't, it was like my brain couldn't even process it. It just couldn't even, my brain wasn't calculating. It was like, this not math is not math and I can't do it in my head. I can't even structurally accept that in my core. And yet she was saying it to me and I didn't get it. But she's trying on these different veils. The poor veil designer, she just keeps giving him new words to put on the veil. And I didn't even know you could put words on a veil, but she's using it like a scroll. And she's just put this word on. She's giving Italian words. And the man is just like, okay, great. I love doing that. And I was thinking, I bet you he doesn't have to want to have to re-sketch the whole thing. He says he likes when they're personalized. But a veil is hard to put them words on. And then he did all that work and everyone was just focused on her hair. I don't even think people noticed the words on her veil because we were all looking on her wedding day with that hair that was to the high heavens, which I loved. I loved the hair because I thought it was so, Jer- it was so Teresa in Jersey and I loved it. Anyway, Gia says that the last time that these people were a united family was the summer before Louis. And I thought like, oh, that's making me look at Louis differently because I actually think that Louis has great perspective on this family, and he seems to be wanting to mend the bridges and stuff. But when Gia said that, I was kind of looking, and I was like, well, what's going on here? That worries me. But I'm still not well ready to completely turn on him. I'm just, my my red flag is, I'm looking at the red flag. Then we see Jennifer Aiden at lunch with Melissa. I like this duo because we need different dynamics, and I'm tired of those two fighting. I'm liking it. Melissa does throw Marge under the bus a little bit, and... Jennifer Aiden says that Marge has lost all her friends. She mentions a woman named Laura, Siggy, and Danielle Staub. Prostitution whore! And she says they were all friends with Marge, and then Marge got rid of them. And then Jennifer says that Marge encourages Melissa to be with a baseball player. Now, Margaret said, even on Watch What Happens Live, because I watch it, she said, no, all she was saying is, like, if things don't work out with Joe, like, you could find, she was gassing her friend up, so she's saying, you could find some hot baseball player or whatever. And Melissa is so hot, I think she could find, like, a hot guy, whatever. But I think that's what Margaret was doing, was, like, gassing her up a little bit and being supportive. But Jennifer was using that against him. And that's why Jennifer's a good villain on this show. She's a good, and I could, here's how you could tell that they're using Jennifer Aiden as the villain is because a lot of these events that they're doing for the all cast, they're having Jennifer Aiden show up last too. So they, that just tells you that she's the villain of the season, right? Like they're having her show up before, after everybody else. So later in the episode, when they did that barbecue at Fessler's house, Jen Fessler's house, which Jen Fessler is another person I'm loving, but when she was doing that barbecue, Jen Aiden showed up last person so that everyone else could talk about their issues with Jennifer Aiden. And then Jennifer Aiden can show up in that very soap opera way where it's like they change the music and she's in Jennifer Aiden's case, it was like stumbling towards the house because she's got the boot on her foot. And meanwhile, Margaret had the thing on her arm. So that's why she said on Watch What Happens Live, she had to wear that hat at the barbecue. Stupid looking hat. Because she said she came and do her hair. She got one hand. And I get it. Even her husband, I think Joe Benino had to help her put on her clothes or something. And because I just had my hernia surgery, Matt's had to help me do it all, you know? And so I get that. But uh, Jen Fesler had everyone at this uh, at this barbecue thing, a solo event, which here's the interesting thing about Jen Fesler hosting this barbecue, is the camera crew was there before anyone arrived. And as a friend of, so we have our main cast, which is these other women, and then Jen Fessler and Jackie are what's considered friends of on The Real Houses. So they're not main cast members. And usually with friend ofs, people who aren't main cast members, we aren't filming solo them in the house. Does that make sense? However, The Real Housewives of Miami has changed the whole game because on The Real Houses of Miami, they treat the friend ofs as main cast members. And so now we're in this new Bravo era where the camera crew can be at a friend of's house and these friend of's can throw full cast events and uh, we will don't need a main cast member there to film. And I think that's the way to go. I think Miami has done that beautifully and I hope going forward we can kind of break this whole thing wide open. But I, that was the first time I saw Jen Fezzer being filmed solo and it was just for a couple moments before the other gals arrived for a barbecue. But I think that Miami is really kind of blurring all these lines between who's a main cast member, who's not a main cast member. 
and uh, they might not be in the opening credits, but they're filming just as much, if not more, as the other women. And I think that's an interesting way to go, and I think it's the right move. Because back in the day, they would have just cut any sort of around it, and wouldn't have filmed them separately. Anyway, they what else is going on? They have this, this barbecue. They talk about Danielle, the new Danielle, and her brother, and how they're in this Instagram fight because the brother didn't like what Danielle was posting on Instagram. He was like, found it cringy or something. And I haven't, I meant to go look up her Instagram and see like what kind of content is there because whatever they showed on screen was shocking to me, shocking to my eyes and ears. It was not something I expected out of that Danielle. Uh, and I'm not saying I didn't like it, but it was shocking. And so I meant to go do some research, some recon, and I didn't. But uh, apparently that's what's going on between her and the brother. And they're setting up the brother's storyline to like either bring in the sister-in-law. It feels like they're essentially setting us up. And honestly, I'm seeing a lot of parallels because Danielle, the new Danielle, seems so much like early version of Teresa from season one, two. The way that she was filming the daughters and just her, her light, fun, bubbly personality – I think reminds me so much of Teresa in season one too. And so now going forward and having this storyline about the brother, it almost feels like they're recreating the early season, Joe and Melissa and, and moving in the direction of this Danielle and her brother. Although the stakes aren't as high because her big fight with her brother was over Instagram. So I'm not sure that the stakes are the same as the christening episode where Joe Gorg is like, my father, you know, and like, shouting. <laughs> Oh, I love those early seasons, Jersey. Anyway, it's it seems like they're they're adding um, or they're they're going leaning into that. Now, uh, let's see. Jennifer Aiden, when she does arrive, her and Marge bicker at the table, and Rachel says she can't understand the fighting. She says it's childish, and and I thought, Rachel, I'm going to need you to understand the fighting if you want to stick around because that's what this show is. You got to uh, get on board or get off board because we can't have you sitting there at the table and saying, I don't understand. This is childish. It's like, yeah, well, welcome to Bravo, Rachel. <laughs> what did you think you signed up for? Uh, anyway, Jen Fessler sort of stops it. And it was interesting to me, Jen Fessler, how uh, I think one, Jennifer Aiden was leaving and then Jen Fessler was like, no, or wait, how did I go? Margaret was leaving. And then she's like, no, you're not leaving. Jennifer Aiden is. And that was good. That was good. Jennifer didn't allow Marge to leave the house. And I thought you're, you're doing good, Jen. You're kind of changing up these dynamics and you're sitting them down and then you're kicking somebody else out. You're like, you're not going to let these other women decide who gets kicked out of my house. I'm going to do it myself. And that was a good housewife. That was good housewifery. Anyway, they move inside. And speaking of hats, because I guess we've been talking about everyone's hats. I also didn't really understand Teresa's hat. It was like a pink. (laughs) Stupid looking hat. I just played the stupid looking hat sound clip, but I actually like Teresa's hat. I don't know. It was weird to me. And I liked it. I liked it. Then we have the birthday party. She should have wore that hat to the birthday party because it was this pink Barbie birthday party. And there was a red carpet, which is out of control. I don't know that you need a red carpet for a child's birthday party. It's just, I don't know. My parents would throw me at a, let me have a sleepover for my birthday party, or they'd throw me like a pizza party or something like that. But it was not, we didn't have these fancy parties. And Linda Pellegrino was not up for it. She would get them ice creams with the wooden spoon, and that, that was it. That's what we got. And I remember we go to a rich person's birthday party. Remember, they would always have those big goodie bags. And we didn't have no goodie bags. My mom would send you in a Ziploc with some leftovers. That's what you got a goodie bag from Danny Pellegrino's childhood birthday party. Just a, a <laughs> Ziploc bag and some uh, pizza crust or whatever, like was left over in the box. Like that's what you went home with. And then you go to somebody else's party and they'd have all like a full ass bag of treats candies and toys and everything. It was like, Linda was not doing that or whatever she had in the cupboard to give away. That's what you went home with. Anyway, this party is there doing a full Barbie there. And they got, I mean, Danielle's husband was dressed as Ken. The idea of my dad dressing up for a childhood birthday party. I mean, absurd. He had a Marlboro light in his mouth and some aviator sunglasses on. And he was, uh, you know, smoking a cig. That's what he was doing with the beer and his friends. Like there was no, world in which Gary was dressing up for one of our birthday parties. And so when I saw the man uh, dressed as Barbie or Ken and Danielle was dressed as Barbie, they had full glam, full hair and makeup. I mean, we were lucky that my dad took out the marble light from his mouth. And that was like a considered a success. That was <laughs> like Gary not smoking in front of the children was like, okay, great. Like that. Great. Great. Anyway, they're doing a lot. Now, Rachel and Jennifer, Aiden, are at this party. They're hugging. I didn't think they liked each other. They talk about the effed-up nose jobs. And these two could be a great duo, too. 
And this birthday party was so weird. It was like that Vanderpump Club thing because there was more cast members there than kids. And it was like the kid's birthday party. And it was like five kids and half of them are kids of the cast. And Olivia was there. And we love Olivia. She wants to be a family therapist, couples therapist. But I don't think Olivia was the same age as Valentina, or the, the daughter who was having the Barbie themed birthday party. So it was just strange to me that more of the cast members' kids were there instead of where was Valentina's school class? It seemed like no kids were there. And then Teresa and Jennifer Aiden, they talk about Margaret. And because Margaret at the barbecue had this drug comment about how Jennifer Aiden was on drugs or something. And then they talked about, but then were they talking about weed? I was so confused. I was so confused. Anyway, Teresa says it's better to keep Margaret as a friend than an enemy. I was reading into that too much. I don't know if those two... I wanted Margaret and Teresa to become friends, and now it seems like they're not going to. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. Next week, we have Teresa says that Joe's temper's really bad. They do the baseball game. Um, apparently, that baseball charity event's now a, a, a yearly thing. So we're going to have to watch that every season. Ugh. I mean, I'm glad it's for charity. And we want... It, it was a fun time last year. I'm just... I don't... I'm kind of speculating in my head. I don't know if we need it every year. But now they're saying annual baseball game, and I got a little scared. I got a little scared. And again, we support the charity. We support the charity. Uh, okay, love you all so much for listening. This was a long episode. A lot of thoughts, a lot to get off my chest. Uh, stay safe. Find me on social media. And uh, yeah, we. I'm not even going to do the cooldown this week because maybe we do it. Should we do it? No, just go forth this week instead of in lieu of the cooldown that we normally do on this podcast. I just want everyone to go forth and hydrate because a lot's going on. And that's the most important thing. I know there's a lot of uh, other things that you maybe want to dive into. I encourage you to do some research for this show. And so you got a lot of homework to do. But really, I of utmost importance is to stay hydrated. As a Bravo fan, it's going to be a rough couple weeks, couple months, couple years ahead. And so it's important that you stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Love you all. Bye-bye.